Welcome to CIR Realty Business Mastery, where we present on topics that will help you build a successful real estate business. While you're here, be sure to subscribe to not miss any new episodes, as well as leave us a five-star review. That'll help others discover us too. We hope you enjoy today's episode. I want to take you guys through the CBC Marketplace segment. My goal, I'm going to endeavor to have you guys out of here by about 10 after, if I can. Um, so we'll see. I thought someone might have posted that this is going to be about a half hour. I can't do anything in a half hour. It's virtually impossible. I'm going to do my best. So we'll see, see how it goes here. Okay. Did anybody see and watch the full, I think it was 22 minutes by the time I was all said and done, uh, post up in the chat if you did end up seeing it. That's great. One of the things that you can watch it and, and it's entertaining to do is actually just scroll through the comments. And there's thousands of comments now on the YouTube site and the actual video on the CBC website. And I'm telling you guys, um, they're not positive. Uh, they're not positive about realtors. So I'm just, I see the chat kind of blowing up here. Yeah. A bunch of people watched it on YouTube. Yep. Saw it um, and was appalled. Yeah, absolutely. So I really want you guys to go on and watch this because if you don't watch this and your clients do watch this and you don't know what they're talking about, you need to know what they're talking about because otherwise they'll just, they might even just make the assumption that this is a practice that all realtors do. Okay. So, so here's, here's the gist of what happened. Um, so basically, and I have some notes here to sort of follow along. Um, so CBC, CBC marketplace goes out hitting camera investigative reporting, and they go and they contact a for sale by owner. And they say, Hey, listen, let's talk about your property. How's it going? And she didn't get any showings. She's gotten very, very few showings on her property yet. Houses all around her are selling, getting multiple offers, but her property is dead. Now this lady is offering a 1% commission to the buy side. Now in Ontario commissions are 5%. So that'd be the equivalent to our seven and three call it. So the most common commission rate, there's now such thing as a standard commission rate. And some realtors are saying that on the video, which is wrong. Um, the most common commission rate is seven and three. And then that's obviously split half three and a half, one and a half um, to the buy side. Now, the other thing is in Ontario, it's 5% and then it's two and a half, two and a half. So this lady has a $1.4 million property, which would be normally $75,000 worth of commissions. She's offering the buy side 1%. So 14,000 as opposed to you know $35,000 in change. So it's, it's a significant discount from what they would normally get. And then marketplace goes out with hidden camera calls three recalls three realtors posing as buyers to take them around to see different homes. And then this home fits into their criteria and tries to get the realtors to show them that home. So they do it with the three realtors, one realtor, the very first realtor is like, yeah, you know, they're only offering 1% commission, but for sure, I'll show it to you. Um, I'm all in. That sort of is what it is. Now that was great. They interviewed a lawyer, said, yeah, that guy's okay. And then the next two were awful. Like, you know, one of them just faked that she couldn't get into the property. Um, another one was um, when she was in the property, trying to do everything she could to steer the person away from that property. She was messaging and showing them like other homes and, and, and taking through. And it was, it was really egregious looking at what they were doing and, and almost nefarious how they were breaking the rules. Because the concept of what happened is that these realtors are steering their clients away from that listing. So this was a mere post and it was on MLS. 
Um, so they're steering their clients away from the lower commission listing, which is an anti-competitive rule. It's against the competition rules. Um, the concept is steering, you know, this was, uh, in the news for a while because, um, American express charges higher credit card fees, fees to stores and retailers and things like that. And so what retailers were doing is they would steer consumers to visa and mastercard and away from american express and that's an illegal anti-competitive strategy so with real estate you can't do that it's it's super super important that you don't do that it's it's completely illegal i can't say that enough times um so they interviewed other discount brokers, uh, other discount brokers in the area who've been pushed out of the marketplace because their listings were um blacklisted per se by the marketplace. Um, and then they also went in to compare and say, hey, listen, this is 5% commissions. Whereas in other marketplaces, they're charging like Italy and Australia, they're charging only two or 3% commission. So basically alluding to the fact that realtors are completely overpaid and you know this is half a year's income for some people and all these things. So it was like, um, they really uh, made it seem like realtors were very, very greedy people only in it for themselves. Um, and they were interviewing a lawyer as well at the same time, a real estate lawyer. And then they try to get a hold of the Real Estate Council of Ontario. That's RICO. That's equivalent to our RICA. And they tried to call CREA, both of which just passed the buck back to each other, which really didn't help matters. You know, big shout out to CREA and RICO for their response to this one, especially given the implications that happened in BC with this. So they just passed the buck on each other, didn't get back to them. But RICO um, quietly issued a memo to all realtors saying steering is illegal, but they wouldn't actually take the interview with CBC, which I think was a mistake. And then you look at the video comments and there's thousands of scathing remarks, like just scathing realtors are, you know, overpaid and, you know, you can do it on your own or for sale by owner. And then they even said to the lady at the end, she's like, yeah, she successfully sold it after three or four months um, for sale by owner, saving herself X amount of fees, blah, 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 blah. So that's how it ended. That was the gist of the session. Still go ahead and watch it. Watch it. I just want to point out a couple things. The other thing that was sort of some myths in here, first of all, in our marketplace, we don't charge 5%. Our fees are closer to 4%. And when you get above that, you know, kind of 600 mark, it's actually closer to like three and a half percent that we're charging and then splitting it. So they were saying these other marketplaces, Australia, Italy, you're actually going to save more commission, like one to 2%. But you'll actually save one or two percent in Alberta. So we're already um, offering much or charging much lower commissions than Ontario or obviously the US, which is at six percent in a lot of marketplaces. So the other thing they don't tell you, or they kind of they kind of glazed over was in Italy and Australia, the buyer side and the listing side negotiate their own commissions. So when you're negotiating with the listing, you're actually just negotiating with the seller for your commission. So you might get you know two or 3% on that side. And then the buyer's realtor has to negotiate with their um, buyer and get paid their own commission on that side. So they're totally separate. So the commission is actually double um, and almost the same as what it is in Canada. So, uh, and obviously it fluctuates depending on the marketplace. I also got a message from one of our realtors saying, Hey, do they not appreciate as well that if you're bringing a buyer to an unrepresented seller who may not know about RPRs, not know about permits, not know about the process at all, not know about normal stuff, getting documents together, appropriate things like that. It's a lot more work. You're basically half representing the seller. You're not actually representing the seller, but you're, you know, you're doing all this work to make sure that the deal goes smoothly for your buyer. And so, you know, lots of realtors just want to try to avoid that because it's so much work. 
but you don't get to unilaterally decide that you can, you know, you can say to a seller, you can negotiate a higher commission. There's all these other way here. So, so here's a question. So you're out with a client and they're in a, you know, $750,000 price range, whatever it is. And then someone comes along, a listing comes along and they're offering a $1,000 flat. Do you need to show that property? Well, the answer is, if it fits the criteria of your buyer, you have to make them aware of the property. And then the discussion with your buyer is about how you're going to handle that. And it depends on, it depends on uh, what kind of buyer broker agreement you have. But the short answer is you don't actually need to represent your client. You're not forced to work for free or some of them are a penny, which just means you got to negotiate your commission. No one is saying we're not going to pay you anything, but you can actually just decline to represent your client. You say, if you buy this home, I can't help you. Now, most people aren't going to do that, but it is your legal right. Okay. You can do that. You make them aware of the property and you can choose not to represent them. We're not going to address that scenario because most of you aren't going to do that. Um, so you must make the client aware of all listings that match their criteria. Okay. You must, you know, you know, you can't steer them away from lower price listings. The key here is to use, oh, unless otherwise agreed to in writing. Once if a buyer understands a buyer brochure, they can say, I am not going to look at homes that are offering less than X amount of commission because I don't want to top it up any more than that. So that's very, very possible. They don't have to do that. But using a buyer brokerage agreement really here is the key to giving you permission to negotiate your commissions with the seller. Now, in Alberta, we're required to use a buyer brokerage agreement. In BC, you're required to use a buyer brokerage agreement, um, unless it's a commercial transaction, in which case you don't have to. Um, but you know, what do we give to our consumers now to give them certainty? So we talked about there, there's this buyer brokerage, which I'm going to talk about, but I want to talk about before that, because sometimes when you just bring up a buyer brokerage agreement to someone, they're like, well, hold on a second. I'm going to pay you commissions out of my own pocket. That's not how it works. Many of you have advertised that, oh, as a buyer, it's free to use my services, which is BS. It's completely BS. So don't say that because they're actually paying the, the mortgage amount and the purchase price, which has your commissions built in. So the buyer could, you could even change it to say that the buyer is actually paying for all the commissions because they're the ones actually forking out the money. So so don't say your services are free because they're not free, okay? They are, you're getting paid for representation in there. And if you use a non-exclusive agreement, you have to be disclosing that you're getting paid. And if you use exclusive agreement, it's written right in what you're going to get paid. So the first thing, the first key here is before you even get to this standpoint, before you even get to this point, when you first meet your buyer and you sit down with them and you're doing your buyer interview, you need to educate them. And I even recommend you educate your network overall, but educate your clients on how this is going to work, how you work and, and what you do to show all properties, how you get paid, um, the services that you provide, um, and, and all these things. But let me ask you this. If you were paid in your business, I'm going to talk about representing a buyer right now. If you were paid based off the amount of value you provided your buyer clients, how much would you be paid? What percentage would that be? Would it be three and a half, one and a half? Would it be more? Would it be less? If you actually, you know, are you recommending the home inspections, the proper, um, uh, you know, Karen Duffin asking, is it only BC, AB, um, and BC that have buyer brokerage? No, uh, Ontario has them as well, uh, but they're different. They're a little bit different. Um, okay. Anyways, enough of the comments, black, 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 put on the blinders. Okay. So, uh, but if you were paid based on the amount of value you provided to your client, how much would you be paid? Sometimes you save your clients, you know, tens of thousands of dollars by not, by getting them out of trouble, you know, pr 
permits, you're, you're bringing up red flags, you might get them the best mortgage deal, whatever it happens to be, all these things. But my other question is, if you were paid based off of the amount of value your clients perceived that you offered, how much would you be paid now? And the reality is that many clients don't know all the things that you do and you haven't explained what you do. And lots of you actually don't have any sort of process to add extra value to buyers. So what would be valuable to your buyer clients? And this is where we have to start because if a buyer client is actually going to be okay with you topping up that $1,000 commission on that $750,000 house to a $10,000 or $12,000 commission, then what are you going to um, what are you going to do for that? Or, or, you know, why, why would a buyer be okay with you getting paid more throughout this process? And that's the question. That's what you need to, um, answer for them. So here's where we need to have a look at, I'm going to go back and share my screen again. And this is going to be the premise of how we're going to finish this off is communicating that value to your client. So instilling confidence into our buyers. So this is an excerpt from our bachelor program and it says solving buyer problems. That's what we want to do. Why would a buyer be okay with you negotiating your commission with a discount brokerage to get a higher commission? Well, valuable services solve problems. What problems do you solve? Buyers have two primary fears when starting the home buying process that need to be addressed. The third fear on this is buying a home with something wrong with it, but that's after the purchase. Um, so, the first fear that they have is missing out on a property that meets their needs. And the second fear is paying too much. So this is, can you imagine this steering conversation that was just brought up by CBC where now buyers think that you're not showing them all the options because you're just trying to get paid more money. They're literally tapping into the number one fear that buyers have. And that's missing out on a property that, uh, that could meet their needs, that you're not showing them everything. You're holding back. It says real estate secrets. That's how they pose this session is that you are steering them only to see the properties that you want to see. And you have to make sure that they don't believe you do that. So, oh, so the question is, how do they know that you're going to show them everything? So I am just going to exit out of this for a second here and pull up another one here. And, and this is, I'm going to take you guys to our listing agreement, or sorry, this is our buyer representation, or sorry, our buyer presentation. You can find in the virtual office. There's a whole bunch of materials in here. You guys can go through and look through it. But one of the cool things in here that you're going to find is your customized home search plan. So I like to brand my services and I like to call my customized home search plan something. So it would be Mr. and Mrs. Buyer. One of the things that is super important to us is that you guys um, don't pay too much for a home. And most importantly, you're not missing out on anything that's actually, you know, actually available. So our never miss buying system, that's the brand, our never miss buying system is something that you guys can tap into to be certain. And we're going to show you 10 different ways to find homes that are currently not on MLS. And we're going to show you five different ways to find homes that can potentially save you thousands. Would you guys like to see that? Yes. Great. Here's my customized home search plan. So we go through your beyondrealtor.ca talking about matrix and branding. I'm not sure Paragon up in Edmonton has a portal for clients to log in and see properties, their own custom website. It's something I need to figure out. Uh, maybe Mark, you can answer that question uh, for me later on. But now we're talking about hidden inventory. What are ways to find homes that are not on MLS? Well, we're going to go to our personal network. Who do you know that currently owns a home that your client would like? And you'll be shocked. I've actually had it where I've called up people and said, hey, 
don't know if you guys have thought of selling, but your home would be perfect for this client I have. And often I brought deals together out of that. Um, geo hunt for properties. I can advertise for properties for sale. Um, I can search for a list of expired or canceled homes. I'm not contacting the sell directly. I'm contacting the past realtors, but those are not on the MLS. Collab transactions, maybe a, a property that's pending and hasn't switched back to active yet. I'm getting in touch with them. I have a VIP buyer list. I see people posting up in the chat already for buyers. This is great. You're finding pocket listings and things like that. Um, Finding landlords, um, go on Realtor or on RentFaster and see if somebody actually has a vacant property that actually fits your client's needs. Would they consider selling it versus renting it? Um, searching for sale by owners on Realtor.ca and other sale by owner for sale by owner websites. Um, your own, who, which clients do you have coming up? Uh, what pocket listings of your own? Um, post property wanted ads on Kijiji and send them a complete list of new builds that are in the area and builders explain to them how builders work. But what this does is you said, Hey, by using my services, I'm going to show you everything. I'm going to make sure that you see everything available to you. In addition, I want to help you find some motivated sellers. So I am going to highlight as part of my searches, um, homes that might be foreclosures, vacant homes, uh, maybe homes that have a high number of uh, days on market. And I'm also going to highlight homes that are priced, have recent price reductions, thinking that perhaps these people are a bit more motivated. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't, but it doesn't hurt to try. So what this does is it allows you to go through and um, educate your client on all the things you're going to do. And you know what? The other thing you do is then you can say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Um, seller, the only thing I ask for at the end of the day for doing all these things is that I get paid for my service. Does that make sense? Yes. Let me show you how that works. Um, the other thing that I just want to say is something we're going to attack onto our buyer broker agreement is this additional services addendum. Now, this is at the end of the buyer presentation that you can get in the marketing section, but this additional services addendum goes through all the things that I am going to do for this buyer over and above and beyond what all these other realtors do out there in the marketplace. When you work with Lindsay Smith or you work with CIR, when you work with yourself, you're going to do all these things to make sure that they get the value they need to. You're going to advertise for property matches in the area that matches their community. Maybe you do a bit of a, a mail out or something. And I always said, if you guys were to, so this is, some people may think this is a lot of work and yeah, it's more work. But if I said, if, you, if I were to guarantee you that you were going to get paid the commission rate that you want, call it three and a half, one and a half, whatever your commission rate is, if you were guaranteed to get paid that, would you spend an extra 20 minutes and an extra couple hundred dollars setting your clients up on searches if you knew you were going to get paid that? And the answer is probably yes. And that's the benefit of using exclusive buyer broker agreements um, and doing these services. Because with non-exclusive, um, you have some limits, but you can still use non-exclusive and that's fine. And still add in additional services addendums to, to communicate the value you're going to be. You're also showing them the value. Again, if you were paid based off of the amount of value your clients perceived that you offered, how much would you be paid? And now when you get into a, a lower commission um, situation, you're able to say, we do all these home, all these things for our clients. And here's the value that we offer. So, and you can go even beyond this. You can talk about stuff you do from conditional to, or through the condition period with home inspectors and mortgages and all this stuff. I and mean, you can really pump up this list if you want, but here's a list of all the things we just talked about, including the services guarantee at the end here, which I'll just zoom in on. And the services guarantee says this, if I do not provide the services I said I will provide, 
and I cannot remedy this within 72 hours and you're entitled to cancel this contract. So if I don't do what I say I'm going to do, you're out. Okay. So, so that's that. Let's talk about the buyer representation agreements then. So starting with area and um, in Alberta, um, the exclusive buyer representation agreement is the one that I would use if I was out there again. I don't care which one you use. You just need to know how they work. So in this case, you're putting your fee in here. Don't write zero. If you write zero, you're actually forfeiting all the commissions you get to your buyer. Okay. So don't do that. Actually write your fee here. What fee do you want to get paid? Three and a half, one and a half. Now, if I was in Ontario and one of those, one of those realtors and it was two per two and a half percent, that's what I'd write in there. 2.5%. And then on the sale price and balance and final, whatever, you know, all that stuff. Now here's 8.7 in the exclusive buyer broker agreement. And it says, if the money is paid to us is more than our fee, we must refund the difference to you within X amount of days after this agreement ends. So this means if there's a commission bonus, this is the this is the give and take on it. If there's a commission bonus, this gets paid to your buyer. You get your three and a half, one and a half, the $5,000 commission bonus gets paid to the buyer. So I would actually show clients with ones with commission bonuses and say, hey, this one has a bonus on it. You're going to get $5,000 back in your pocket if you buy this home. And then they understand and they know. And normally you say, I would take that. But I'm saying that when the the property is less, you have to top up the amount. So that's the next one. If our fee is more than the amount paid to us, so we're owed $8,000, we're only getting paid $5,000, then they must pay us the difference within X amount of days after the agreement. So they have to pay us the $3,000 or build it into the purchase price in the transaction. We're going to show you how that works. And the non-exclusive agreement. So I love this where it's like, listen, I get paid my fee. If it's more, you win. If it's less, we build into the transaction. That's it. Super easy. Okay. Um, Some people say, well, if you cross that one out, if you cross that one out, then you get to keep the commission bonus. Yes. Yes. That's true. If you were to strike this one out, but you know, your client is also taking on the, the, the risk here and the fee and stuff of doing it. And you want a lifetime transaction. You start crossing stuff out. It starts making it look like you're not working in their best interest anymore. So just be careful of that. If you that's part of your practice, just make sure that you are um, doing it right. And if you're writing, you can't write this in. Uh, you can't write in whichever is higher, the commission, that's against the, that's against RECA regulations. Okay. The buyer has to be aware and be able to easily calculate the amount they're paying you. And again, if you put zero, then any amount you're paid above zero gets refunded to the buyer. Okay. So put your actual commission amount in this spot here. Non-exclusive agreement. This one says right at the top 8.1, you will not be responsible for a fee in any circumstances, but I love 8.3 because 8.3 says you authorize us to ask the seller's real estate brokerage or the seller, if they do not have a brokerage, to pay our fee. We will disclose the method of calculating the fee paid to us. That's in all circumstances. But you are now getting entitled that you can actually approach the seller, negotiate your fee. You just have to disclose what that fee is to your buyer. Okay, so you still have power. You can still use a services addendum and all those things. That's just fine. Oh, there's one and that's two. For BC... They have almost identical agreements. They're definitely formatted quite a bit differently, but they have the exclusive contract, which again says um, the buyer will pay a fee of, make sure you put it in here. And then it goes through and says that um, anything amount will be paid uh, to the buyer, any amount of 
uh, shortfall will be made up by the buyer. So any amount of overage will be paid to the buyer. Any amount of shortfall will be made up by the buyer that we build in the transaction. So it's very much the same. That's in um, C. Uh, and then you have this exclusive contract schedule A. I suggest that you put your additional services addendum in there um, as well, where you can actually say all the different services that you're going to provide. On areas, buyer broker agreement, uh, that would be in the additional terms that you would say, see addendum, uh, additional services addendum, and it becomes part of the contract. For the non-exclusive buyer broker agreement or just buyer agency acknowledgement, um, it says no remuneration here. Um, the signing agreement does not obligate the buyer to pay any remuneration. So, and they actually don't say anything about negotiating with the other side. I know what happens in practice, but this is where you're taking what you get. Okay. You're taking what you get um, by using a non-exclusive agreement. So let's talk for a second about getting these agreements signed. And then this is where we will finish off. So by demonstrating, so this is actually, again, an excerpt from our bachelor program. This is week three of our bachelor program. If you go into the professional development section on the virtual office, you can download this entire, every week of the bachelor program. And in week three, working with buyers, you're going to find all this verbiage here. So it's available in your virtual office already. So getting an exclusive buyer broker agreement signed, it says by demonstrating competence, confidence, and value in your buyer presentation, getting a service agreement signed is the next step. Consider adding an addendum to the contract detailing the service you're willing to commit to in writing. We did that. When transitioning to a conversation about the agreement and after you've demonstrated value in your presentation, you will have earned the right to discuss compensation. Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, I've done all these amazing things. I'm gonna be doing all these amazing things for you as part of our uh, never miss buying system. Here we go. So this is a, a sample verbiage. John, the 16 points of our buyer system are designed to ensure that you never miss a property that meets your needs. You're addressing the fear and that you have the potential to save some money in the process. You're addressing the fear of paying too much. The only thing we ask in return is that we get paid for our services. Does that sound good to you? And then ensure the buyer understands you're, you're, that they are giving you permission to request the fee from the seller on their behalf. But you'll disclose exactly what you get paid. So here's a sample remuneration discussion with your buyer. John, I've never had a buyer cut a check to me out of their own pocket and pay for my services. As part of this agreement, you're giving me permission to obtain my payment through the brokerage that has the listing or directly through the seller if they're unrepresented or through a builder. You can see at the bottom of these listings, so I would have sample listings there, that the brokerage commissions are typically offered by the brokerage, or that, the broker, that the commissions are typically offered by the brokerage, three and a half, one and a half. If the commissions offered on the listing exceed my fee of three and a half, one and a half, you'll receive a check for the difference. If there's a shortfall of funds, we will simply build it into the transaction and the final purchase price. Does this make sense? Note, some banks and judicial sales may refuse to build the commissions into the final price. So in those cases, if you're working in those marketplaces with foreclosures and things like that, um, it'll be a, a, different, uh, a different piece. Okay, so I want to share one more thing with you guys, though, before we get to the very end of this. And that is that, well, how do you approach a, an unrepresented seller now and have the conversation that your client has signed this agreement with you and you're going to get paid the commission amount that's on the agreement? Um, I've had it for sale by owner before who said, I'm not paying you a dime more than this. You know, we negotiated things like that. But what they're actually talking about is they want to net 
more money in their pocket. So, um, so you have to build that, you know, extra 3000 for whatever the amount is into the transaction. So here's a quick little verbiage. I don't have it written down. Um, I have it on my sheet, but that's it. So I'm just going to read this out to you guys. And it says what to say to a low commission seller agent or the seller in case of when they're unrepresented. And it says this, um, so you're talking, you're picking up the phone, you're talking to the seller and it says, Hey, I have an offer for you. Great. You know, it says, uh, my buyer has a commission agreement signed with me for all of the additional services that I provide. Cause we go way above and beyond for our buyers. Um, so like other homes in the marketplace, we will be building the commissions into the transaction, just like all the homes down the street, all the comparables that are there. These commissions have been included in the offer. Uh, we're excited to work with you and your clients. And that's it. So that is where, and we got some verbiage uh, in that section in that buyer broker, sorry, in um, week three of the bachelor program as well, that talks about how to build those commissions into the contract and the script on there. But again, I'll just go through that one more time. This is again, you talking to a seller and it says, my buyer has a commission agreement signed with me for all the additional services I provide. Like other homes in the market, we will be building those commissions into the transaction. This has been included in the offer. Um, we are excited to work with you and your clients. And that's it. Uh, I just saw a comment about asking something directly here. Let me just see with that. Uh, can we get the script provided to us? Yes. Why don't I send out the script to everyone in the company after this meeting and make sure that you guys can see it. I'll just send out week. Uh, well, yeah, I'll send out this script in week three of the bachelor program, reminding everybody as well on there. So overall, Here's what I want to finish with. There's no ending video today. There's no funny thing. Sorry about that. Um, this format doesn't really work, work well for that. You have people in your database right now, people on Facebook that have seen this. Maybe they just watched the preview. Maybe they read the comments. Maybe they read the headlines, whatever it happens to be, but they've seen this. So what I recommend you do is post up on your social, explain um, some of the services that you do. Maybe explain why Alberta is different um, all the different types of things that we don't engage in steering at all. Um, we have agreements in place with our buyers that ensure that we're on the up and up uh, agreements that buyers can cancel at any time. Um, we, we operate different than what has been uh, portrayed out here, but also uses to advertise things like, did you know campaign? Did you know that we will show you homes that are not on MLS? Did you know that we will, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that we have 11 different ways to um, show you homes that are not on MLS and five different ways to save you thousands. Did you know that my, never miss buying system is this. Did you know that this, 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 this. So, um, so that's the deal um, on how you guys can do that, but get that out to your network now uh, to address some of that. I am getting some questions about this, uh, this fee agreement thing here. So I'll just show you this um, and I'll just go into our, this is, oh, I'm not showing my screen. Let me share my screen first. All right, so this will be the final thing. So this is now, uh, this is week three of our bachelor program and I'll explain how you top up your commissions. I probably should have done this. So this will be on the recording now. Just don't want to miss it. Okay, here, um, explain your remuneration. And let me just zoom in on that. So in the case of a shortfall, the owing commissions can be built in the proceeds of the transaction. A clause will need to be written in the additional term section of the purchase contract to direct the funds appropriately. So a big myth here, and this is a myth, that you can't negotiate commissions in the purchase contract. The root of that myth is this, is that you can't direct the listing brokerage 
to do something um, because they're not a party to this contract. You can't contract the listing broker. The, bro- the listing contract, or sorry, the, the purchase contract between the buyer and the seller. So you can't say, you know, XYZ real estate will do this with the commissions. They, they're not part of the contract. They, they need to agree to that. So this is between the buyer and the seller. Okay. But you can, as the buyer and seller, they can choose to direct the funds in the transaction however they want. So here's a sample clause that you can put in. Um, it doesn't matter what market you're in. Uh, you can just put this into the, um, uh, the uh, purchase agreement. Buyer and seller agree that X amount will be paid from the proceeds of the sale to CI Realty on behalf of the name for services rendered by the buyer. This amount is separate in addition to any other amount payable and advertised through MLS listing, insert the listing number. So what this is saying is that if you're supposed to get paid 10,000 and they're only paying you seven, the amount you would put here is 3,000. So this is above and beyond and in addition to the amount advertised in the MLS. If you're supposed to get paid 8,000 and they're advertising 2,000, you would put 6,000 into there, okay? So buyer and seller agree, they're directing their funds accordingly. Um, and it says from, five, from time to time, a realtor may ask you to use the customer acknowledgement and fee agreement um, form to top up commissions. This practice is acceptable um, even if the client has full representation, even if they're not um, uh, in a customer status agreement with you, a, a client of another realtor is your customer. Okay. So you can do it that way. So this is, um, that point there, hopefully that answers your question and I will field any more questions, um, at the end. So that's the deal. Um, there is no form created to handle commission shortfalls, Michael. It is, um, put into the, uh, agreement, just like I, uh, finished explaining there. So I would just put it directly into the purchase contract. Um, and, um, it's added in the additional terms. Um, and that's where it is on the purchase contract into the additional terms. You can put it there. So that's it. That's all we have for you today. And thank you so much for giving us your time and tuning in. Don't forget to like CIR Realty Business Mastery on Facebook and to follow us on Instagram. Take care, everyone.